What's up, everybody? This week, we look at a book adaptation that didn't suck. The classic that is clueless. That and a whole lot more is to come, because maybe, as far as you are concerned, I am the messiah of the DMV. Welcome to the show. You know, it's not just the DMV that I'm the messiah of. I'm the messiah of everything. You, you know, it's just... <laughs> I'm the king of dad oh. jokes is what it is. So, uh, <laughs> Okay. <laughs> hey, guys, how you doing? I'm joined once again by Not Greg. Hi. <laughs> okay, let me... Um, not Greg here. Not Greg here. I'm joined by Sarah. Sarah, how you doing? I am good. I am good. Guys, um, we love you, and we are committed to this podcast. Yes, we are. Because I would not be recording at the butt crack of dawn on a Sunday morning yep. were we not committed to no, the podcast. No, no, it's 7.28 in the a.m. Central Standard Time, and I need a good cup of tea. <laughs> but, um, no, what happened this week, guys, it's, it's just um, it's, it's just easy to go over. Um, the I think I've told you, I think I mentioned last week, the 8 to 5 has undergone some dramatic, dramatic changes, mm. and... Um, my workload has never been busier, which is a good thing. Right. Um, and job security. Job security. Hey, hey yeah. Um, no, it's just me and Greg. Just we couldn't find the time to uh, get together this week. And then I, I planned to do it Friday afternoon. And uh, I got sent. Well, I didn't get sent home. I came home because I overshare. No, we just couldn't find the time to do it, and so we've postponed the episode that we were going to do till later on in the series. But uh, instead. Uh, right. I was able to pull something out of my behind, so yeah, uh, on the suggestion of this fine lady right here. So hello, hello. Yes. yes. So uh, I just wanted to say a couple of things before we got started, and I'll see if you want to say a couple of things before we got started. Mm-hmm. Um, I am cringing right now at the state of the world, as I always do. Right. <laughs> um, since we last recorded, the tennis tournament happened. I think it was the U.S. Open. Mm, mm-hmm. And Serena Williams and Naomi... I cannot remember her name. Which is, again, part of the point, I guess. Uh, you know, Serena Williams had a big blow-up at the uh, at the tournament uh, in the final. And she was, in my opinion, she was both right and wrong. And, and before anybody gets onto me, including the wonderful Sarah here... Uh, she was absolutely right that the calls were wrong, but her reaction to it was, in my opinion, not correct. And any guy who was gotten away with it is also incorrect about doing it, right? But can we all agree that the casual base and obvious, you know, racism and sexism thrown towards her, can we all agree that that's happening? Like, seriously agree that that's happening? Oh, it's not just happening. I mean, well... John and I feel, I feel a little more strongly on this in a little different way than he does. So, um, and there has been much debate around Casa Connolly. And, and I'm just going from, I'm going from, from a people sporting thing, you know, I'm not looking at the socio-political, whatever, crap of it, but as more and more is coming out, you can't ignore that kind of stuff, you know, I think it well, was... Well, this is true. What was it, the, was it an Australian newspaper that portrayed Williams oh, as yeah, a no, jumping yeah, ape? Yeah, we're not, I yeah, mean, we're not gonna, you know... Come on, guys. This is, this is the 21st century. We're all moderately intelligent at some point. Why the heck are people to this day still still hateful of people because of the difference in pigment of an mm, organ? Well, if um, you figure out the answer to that, please let the rest of the world know so we can, you know, wrap that mess up. Oh, I know what the answer is. The answer is the people are idiots. But, you know... 
they won't see it that way. No. No. But, so, but um, also, to keep the mood light and fluffy. Mm, yes, um, please. Anybody who has been affected by the recent hurricane in uh, North Carolina, I know I've got a few listeners out there. Guys, be safe. Yes. You know, do everything that you can. Don't go looting. Oh, God, no. Uh, no, no, don't go looting. But, you know, just go have, go, go, go have, you know, go have your safety. Uh, play a lot of spades of Monopoly. Um, <laughs> find find a Waffle House that always open. Get you some, some dodgy food, some bad food, um, some great food even. But, you know, just, just be safe. Keep safe. Uh, the worst looks like to be over in terms of the storm, but then we've got the after effects coming too. So, again, right. stay vigilant, stay safe. You know, uh, we we might we might be a little high up here in Louisiana, but we, we've we've been known to be affected by a hurricane or two. And um, yeah, just 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 be safe, everybody. You know, if they say get out, get, get out. out. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think it was uh, D.L. Healy said sometimes we got to stop looking for the uh, you know for the burning bush and the voice from the sky. Sometimes there's a meteorologist saying leave. <laughs> you know, right. so uh, so has anything happened in the world of Sarah in the last week or so? Um, just work, 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 uh, working on, um, outlining a new book. Yes. And, uh, just, you know, doing, doing my thing on the DL. And, and for those, for those <laughs> thinking new book, well, you t- trust me, she is a very, very good writer. And, um, I've, I've, I've kind of read the idea, the, the basic, you know, the embryonic idea of this, and this is going to be fantastic guys. So, uh, when, you know, when we know more, which will be in a couple of months, mm-hmm. yeah, we'll give more details, but, um, okay. Yeah. It's a little, look, it's a little, it, it, we sound a little tired and a little something because it's 7.33 in the morning. <laughs> We're pushing it, though. We're pushing through. We're pushing through. We're going to have some gags here in a few minutes. And yes, check all yes, too. yes, yes. But, um, guys, if you, like me, like to wake up at this time of the morning and stare at your phone, why don't you go to uh, Because Movie Podcast <laughs> on Facebook, Twitter, and Tumblr. Uh, look up our blog, becausemoviepodcast.wordpress.com. There's not going to be a blog this week because, again, we had to pull this, I had to pull this episode out of my behind. Mm. Um, and, again, that's nobody's fault. It just is what it is. And um, if you're on YouTube, look up Because Maybe Podcast. We should have the first six episodes of the podcast of last season up and running and uh, we'll be launching this season's episode starting next Sunday? Sunday after? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. And we will be moving back to our Saturday slot next week. Woo-hoo. So, you know, like I said, a lot of housekeeping this morning. Um, Alright. Well, with that in mind, uh, let's 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 go uh, let's go review uh, an 18th century book. Mm-hmm. Sorry, 19th century book yes. by the great Jane Austen. What the hell is that? A dress. Says who? Calvin Klein. Can't be the absolute and final word in driver's licenses. Girlie, as far as you're concerned, I'm the messiah of the DMV. Miss Stoger, my plastic surgeon doesn't want me doing any activity where balls fly at my nose. Well, there goes your social life. It does not say RSVP on the Statue of Liberty. Like right now, for example, the Hadians need to come to America. Ugh, as if. Review Corner. First things first, I'm the realist. Okay, what we got? You are the realist. I try. Because, you know, sometimes you go rolling with the homies. Yes. Uh. Rolling with the homies. Okay. We're looking at uh, Jane Austen's Emma. Yes. That was uh, repurposed 
and yes, reduce, reuse, recycle. Reduce, reuse, recycle into clueless. As if. Ugh. Yeah. Um, basically, basically put the the entire uh, uh, the entire thing of the sarcastic teen is based partly <laughs> off share. Uh, <laughs> but right. Not, um, you know, this is this is a really really good movie. If mm-hmm. you've never watched it, um, there are some things that. You know, um, as a dude, you look for you. You know, the stereotypical dude. People think folks are you don't. You know, you don't necessarily go in like you know fashion and mm-hmm. crap like that. But it's actually, you know what? It's a really, really good movie. It's well acted, well directed, and all of that nonsense. Right. So, what is the movie about? It is a. Would you say it's a comedy or a comedy drama? Um. Hmm. It's a dramedy. It's a dramedy. Yeah. Um, it was produced... It was, sorry, it was it was directed and written by Amy Heckerlin. Yeah. Um, produced by Scott Rudd and Robert Lawrence. Mm-hmm. Uh, distributed and produced by Paramount Pictures. Released in June of 1995. Yes. Did a box office of 56.6 million when that mm-hmm. actually was pretty that, high yeah well that was yeah that was pretty big at the time yeah because i mean you know you didn't have to be like you know a billionaire to go to the movies right yeah and this goes a critical rating of seven out of ten on the old johnometer now you know what the johnometer is for new listeners <laughs> that's why you take the imdb and the rotten tomato scores and you average them out using a complex formula known only to myself mm-hmm. and, and in fact i don't even know it it's just the spreadsheet that knows right. it so uh but no seven out of ten movie um a little low um i'd give it a i'd give it a solid eight yeah i would too um I mean, and if you want to look at its at its lingering impact on on pop culture, you could even go as a nine. Yeah. To this day, Target is. I mean, literally right now, this season in 2018, Target is relaunching or launching a um, a clothing line based off of Clueless. Sweet. So, if you want to go get your iconic yellow plaid on, <laughs> then you know head over to Target. I want one of the. I want one of those top hats that was worn in uh, Donnie's first scene. Yes. Yeah, that big. It looked uh-huh. like a box. Yeah, it looks yes. awesome. So, um, as we mentioned, you know this this is based off of Emma by Jane Austen. Mm-hmm. Um, Amy Heckerlin, who's like I said, was the writer and director, was mm-hmm. asked to write a movie that teenagers would like. And she remembered that this was one of her favorite books mm-hmm. that Emma was. So she converted it into modern times and whatnot. And I think that was really, really important because, you know, you had things like, um, I don't know if it was before or after this, but you had Romeo and Juliet. Right. And that was basically um, a word for word adaptation of Romeo and Juliet. Based well, yeah, they out used of, the old English and everything. Yeah, yeah, which, you know, I will, I will smite you with my sword as he pulls out his gun. You know, right. and just. Yeah. It was good, don't get me wrong, but it was just like some weird, you know, yeah. It was just well, some, that was Boz Lerman. That's a whole other episode. Yes, and that will Ooh, be coming yes. at some point. Don't know when, don't know where, but it'll be coming. Yes. Um, a lot of the jokes, in-jokes, and references that um, went over a lot of people's head that weren't based on, you know, pop culture and stuff like that mm-hmm. came from uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High, which is yes. uh, Amy Hecklin's, what do you say, second biggest movie after Clueless? Um, yeah, yeah. I well, mean, most it, well known at least. Yeah, I mean, it depends on the on the audience. Yes, yes, so. I agree. I agree. Um, you know, it's it's 
at the time in the early nineties, because I mean, this was this was this was released in the mid nineties, but it was rec- you know produced and everything in the early nineties. Right. You still coming off the things like uh, Porky's, you know, Revenge of the Nerds and stuff like that, and you know, they were all the teen movies out there were basically marketed to teenage boys, right? You know? And there wasn't really any equivalent for the teenage girls at the time, you know. Um, and I'm not. I'm like I'm not saying that you know. Teenage girls only care about fashion and popularity and stuff like that. But, I mean, you know, it's not like all teenage boys think about is, you know, sex and boobs. But, <laughs> you know, it's 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 who they were marketing to. They'd never marketed a, a movie like that to that demographic before. Right. So, you know, it's, it's demographics and stereotypes, which is what all, you know, that kind of thing is. But, I mean, yeah, it's a, is it fair to say this is the first? Or at um. least the most influential? It was the most influential up until that point, yes. Okay, okay. So, what is this movie about, Sarah? Please tell me what is this movie about. <laughs> okay, well, Cher is rich, pretty, blonde, popular, and knows how to talk to anyone and doing just about anything. When she wants one of her teachers to get a better grade and can't seem to get him to, she and her friend Dion just... just blah, 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 blah. When she can't get a teacher to give her a better grade, she and her friend Dion decide to match that teacher up with another teacher... To make him happier and maybe a bit laxer on his expectations. When a girl named Ty transfers to Cher's school, she and Dion give her a makeover and attempt to find her a boyfriend. Cher soon realizes that she wants a boyfriend herself, but no one seems right. She goes to a spiritual makeover and realizes there's more to life than clothes and popularity before she finds the boy of her dreams. Ew. Mm. And sometimes he's right there. Yeah, he is. Mm. Uh, you'll see why I'm going, oh, if you've never seen the movie before. Okay, uh, right, yeah, all right, so, the, like, the cast on this, okay? All right. All right, so here's the thing. Uh, Alicia Silverstone. Yes. Is there. Yes. Amazing. That was just the best casting, right? Cool. Um, I'm going to skip two people real quick. I'm going to touch base on Brittany Murphy. Yes. This was our first big glimpse into Miss Brittany. Yes. And, um, she was amazing. Oh, yeah. And I know we're going to talk about Britney more here in a minute yes, later we on. Will. But um, as far as uh, you know, the first introductory roles to everyone, she she killed it. And oh, yeah. she was amazing. And I also want to touch base on the two vampires on the um, on the cast. <laughs> okay, let's back up for a second. Um, Stacy Dash mm-hmm. was twenty eight. Yeah, Clueless was filmed and had a, a son in school. <laughs> she had a son in elementary school while filming this. <laughs> now, if you've seen this, she looks the youngest, right? Dion, um, yeah, she looks the youngest, and to this day. But uh, I will say this: dang girl, I mean, this lady. I don't know what your secret is. I don't know if you're you're bathing in the blood of virgins who can't drive. <laughs> I'm not quite sure what's up with this, but it's like, you know, you 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 keep on. You do what you do. That those genetics are just yes. Okay, and I our next vampire. Uh. Okay, <laughs> many many years before Ant Man, oh. we Paul Rudd was in Clueless. Paul Rudd was 29. Good Lord. He hasn't aged at all. And now he's on like that Marvel juice. I don't know what they give him there either. 
A big a big contracts and, and, right? and lax expectations. Oh, shut up, you. No. But, uh, but no. So between Paul Rudd and Stacey Dash, good night. Yeah, because, I mean, you know, it was just... They, they, those two look exactly the same now as they did well, then. Well, Donald Faison does, too, for the most part. Yeah. Minus braces. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah. But he looked old. He looked older in the film, in, though. No, he didn't. Well, not old, but I mean, okay, you know. Yeah, but you watch an episode of Scrubs and compare it to Clueless, and that, like yeah. 20 years later, and he looks the same. Yeah. You know, I, when you said, uh, I'm looking at my notes right here, when you said Donald Fish, and I, I, my eyes crossed because it's 7.45 in the morning, yes. and uh, I read his character as uh, Cher's dad. Oh yeah, no. So no, like, no. it's my eyes squinted. I was thinking of Dan Hader. No. So so it's my apolo- my apologies, though. I know right. I know you two guys couldn't look more different if you tried. Right. <laughs> but I mean, um, yeah, I think all of the cast. Yeah, look- Breckin Meyer hasn't aged at all either. Well, neither's Wallace Shawn. <laughs> okay, that's not really fair, though. I think he was born looking like a fifty-year-old. Inconceivable. I mean. Okay. He's got the most distinctive voice of anybody with a serious voice. You know what I mean? Even more so than, say, Gilbert Gottfried or a uh, friend. Right. <laughs> you know, he's got that voice that you would say, oh, it's him. You know? Mm-hmm. But, um, just, I mean, this, I mean, okay, we, we you know, whenever I, whenever I talk about the, these kind of films, mm-hmm. whenever I review films, one of my things is, oh, man, the cast was perfect. The cast was perfect. The cast was right. perfect. And what I mean by that is, look, I don't know these characters inside and out, mm-hmm. but just the chemistry that they all had together, like, you genuinely felt that the characters who hated each other hated each other, the characters who liked each other liked each other. You right. Know? And I think that was due to, again, great casting. Oh, yeah. You know, um, as we look on later how different this cast would have been if the studio and the directors got their first choice in a lot of things. Right. Because this, this, the, 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 the rejected, the rejected cast looks like a who's who of, of 90s teen comedies to begin with. You know, it's like everybody and their mom right. showed up and it just, you know. Um, me. Yeah. Right. Well, we do have, um, the director, she makes a cameo as the maid of honor at the wedding at mm-hmm. the end of the movie. And, uh, this I didn't know. Um, Herb Hall, which is uh, which is a school principal, right? Mm-hmm. He played the school principal. Now Herb Hall is not an actor. Herb Hall is an actual school principal. <laughs> but uh, apparently, Wallace Shawn's character is one hundred percent based off of that dude, and as a thank you to letting you know letting her huh. rip off her her old her old uh, debate teacher, she made him the principal of the school. That's cool. Yeah. Because I, I, I think Wallace Shawn's a great actor, don't get me wrong. He's just, right. he's just got that, he looks like a troll. And, uh, <laughs> you know, so it's it's just, but, you know, yeah, it's just what it is. It's what it is. So this movie, I mean, like I said, this movie is based off a book. Themes. So we have shallow priorities. Yes. And, you know, and I don't mean it like, you know, fashion and stuff like that or anything like that. Right. But, um the the priorities that all these characters have are not malicious you know for and the a, most part and, a, and yeah for the most part i mean a lot of the uh, a lot of the movies what we've looked at that have you know the the guys have shallow priorities they do it because they're knowingly selfish right and a lot of these characters don't realize how selfish self-centered and stuck up they are 
Right. You know, until they start, you know, developing through the movie. Like, Shay, for example, doesn't realize that she has a care inside and enjoys helping people until she does the first matchmaking segment. Right. I mean, she takes Ty under her wing because she's the, quote, ugly duckling, you know. I mean, yeah, it's all done with an ulterior motive, but it's not done with... With a malicious motive. Yeah. Right. You know, she genuinely thinks she's trying to help these people. Even right. though it's going to benefit her as well, but she's not looking out to hurt anybody, you know. And that's fair, you know. Yeah. That's fair. Um, and she does have the stereotypical rich girl problems, you know, sex, popularity, fashion. Yes. You know, um, of course, stereotypes are not right, but they do exist for a certain reason, you know. I mean, well, first off, there's Especially not, in movies. Right. There's not a, a chick alive at the time, or even now, uh, who did not want her closet. Yeah. No, I mean you have to understand. This is long before things became automated on on a on a grand scale. But she had a computerized closet, really, that would match her outfits. Ah, uh, yeah. And then so she would just navigate tops and bottoms, and it would tell her if it's something matched, and then spit it out at her. I mean, this <laughs> is this was in ninety five, started recording in ninety four. Yeah. And so the GUI to even put that together was like above and beyond. So her freaking closet was like that was some next level ish way back in the day. Oh, she'd be so mad that the Instagram feed filter right now, the algorithm there. Right. Uh, <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, you know, technology in, in 90s movies. You know, you had Jurassic Park with a whole park with two billion lines of code, and now you have algorithms on closets. Right. You know, full on, they'll be putting that stuff in fridges. <laughs> and I guarantee you'll be able to play Skyrim on it. Um, right. <laughs> Uh, Cher does see long-term relationship as pointless because she's a 15-year-old teenager, but then becomes an obsession because, like most teenagers, if all of your friends have something, you have to have it, too. Well, yeah. You don't want to be the only person without somebody. Yeah. Sometimes it's not right for you, but oh, well. Right. Um, And not just feeling that left out in relationships, she's the only one of her group of people who can't drive. (laughs) And, um, you know, she couldn't, quote, renegotiate the test. Wink, wink. <laughs> and she was described, you know, she was described as, quote, a virgin who can't drive during an argument with uh, Ty. And that led to getting, like, soul searching and a little bit of depression. Harsh Ty. Yes, that was very harsh. But, you know, if you make the monster, you've got to deal with the right. cause, you know. Because she did make that monster. And I don't mean monster in a bad way. You know what I mean? Oh, no. But um, also it's got to do with intense emotions of, like, love and hate. Yes. You know, all the film's love interests genuinely appear to care for each other. You know, um, and not just that, but like if the guys and gals who weren't interested, you know, also made their feelings very, very well known. Right. I mean, well, it's like, I mean, Mean Girls, which came out later, is the 2000s version, basically, as far as popularity goes. Okay. I can see that. Um... Mean Girls was not based on, I mean, there was a lot of malicious there. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. people didn't have, like, good motives. Hence the title of the movie. Right? So, I mean, the difference between Mean Girls and Clueless is that Clueless, you know, at the, at their core, they're all selfish and self-absorbed. Yes. Just, but a lot of that is situational and environmental. Um, but at their core, at who they are, they're not bad kids. No, they're not bad people. They're misguided and they're spoiled. But, you know. Their hearts are in the right place. Right. 
Or at least they're trying to put their hearts in the right place. Right. And whereas Mean Girls, it says in the title, mean. Right. You know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I mean, yeah. You it, can tell he hasn't seen Mean Girls. It's okay. I'm, I'm messing. No, I, I, I'll i be honest. I haven't seen Mean Girls. I didn't even know Mean Girls was a movie until like six or seven years after it came out when everybody started talking about it again. Mm. You know, I mean, you got to understand when, when Mean Girls came out, I was in film school watching things like, you know, uh, um, Clockwork Orange and Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Silence of the Lambs and Kill Bill and, you know. Movies and this that, has been the hipster segment. No, 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 no. <laughs> None of those movies were really a hipster, though. No, no. I mean, you but, know, but, I mean, if I if I want to talk about Lahane, then yeah, I would be going oh, hipster. Okay. I'll run Lola Run. Mm. Yeah, that was a good movie. Run Lola Run is a fantastic movie. Okay, so so anyway, sorry. Yeah, we're off track. So anyway, but I mean, so that came to like the love and acceptance of everything. Right. But then all the, the like, there's in, in in any kind of movie where there's one click, there's always two clicks. That are right. always snipping at each other, and you could genuinely feel that there was animosity between the two sets of of, of actors. I don't think that was, but they had that chemistry where mm-hmm. you believe that they didn't like each other all round. You know, taking yourself out of the film. Um, Paul Rudd, Josh takes many many shots at Cher's shallowness, but shows genuine affection, and they share the emotional bond. And this is where I was all ugh, because. You do know that Josh is Cher's stepbrother. Yes. But they they weren't raised as stepbrother and stepsister. Like he was a late in life later stepbrother and then and then the parents were divorced. Too. So he was like I mean, he had only been her stepbrother for like a few years. I thought now correct me if I'm wrong, it was in in, in the canon of the story, Cher's mother had died. Yes. Now I thought Josh's mother had died too. And that uh, Cher's dad was a double widower. Okay. I, it I, is I, seven I'm, something in the morning. I'm I probably wrong. This. I'm probably wrong. Somebody rewatch this and let me know. Yeah, we tried to watch it last night and yeah. It's not on Netflix anymore. It was two days ago. <laughs> yeah, I have slept. Or not slept, rather. Uh, Since then. So, yes, yeah, sorry. Okay. Yeah, sorry. You're going to hear a lot but of that anyway, this morning. Right. So there was, um, there was some Deliverance-esque brother-sister get Iggy Pop to play do 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 right <laughs> but um also Cher's dad I mean going back to the dad you know he lo- he genuinely loves his daughter even though yes. he's completely exasperated 80% of the time with her and he actually does care for um for, for, for Josh as, as like a son you know right. even though he can be gruff yes but he's I mean he's a high priced Beverly Hills lawyer I mean you know you're not expecting cupcakes and kisses you know right you know so um when I first watched this movie, I was I was a teenager, and I was mm-hmm. trying to get I was trying to get some advice on how how girls think. Because was that like Cher Kardashian? That's a very very good. Um, that's a good analogy, I guess. That really is a good analogy, you know. Um, I mean, like if 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 uh, Robert had not have passed. Okay, let, let, let's flip your analogy just a little bit. Okay. Are the Kardashians Emma? I mean... Because at the end of the day... Courtney, maybe. Because <laughs> at, at the end of the day, you know, it's... it's 
High Price Lawyer, Beverly Hills. I mean, and that, that, didn't they run a clothes shop for a long time? Mm-hmm. So you know, it's it, it it's it's possible that the whole mystique is formed off of this one movie. Would we have the Kardashians if we didn't have Clueless? No, I don't think we would. Really? Definitely. Maybe. Well, here's the thing, all right? All right. <laughs> Clueless was all about image, right. popularity, and right. fashion. Okay. It was the first movie of that time to be mass marketed to a certain demographic. So you think Clueless, like, pseudo prepped an entire generation to accept the Kardashians? Yeah, I mean, look. Uh, that That is. Yeah, that is some some philosophical that stuff. That's some next level ish, right there. Well, the the re- the reason why I say that, and and you know, it's not a knock on Clueless, and it's not a knock on the Kardashians, everything like that. Remember, we just come off grunge, was the big pop mm-hmm. culture movement. Um, so movies will you know, the 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 big wigs and executives wanted to bring everything back on their terms because right. grunge was a, a pure people's movement. Right. So they went in a different direction. Now, they, yeah, there had been you know movies about fashion. There had been movies. Yeah, there had been teen movies about popularity and and love and all, well, yeah. all that kind of stuff. But this was the first to kind of bring them all together in a semi-serious, semi-satirical kind of way. Mm-hmm. Promoted to the masses. You know, as it's like girls are just you know chicks are just as cool and as funny and as hip as the guys, right? And you know. The, the the way of thinking that 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 the main characters in Clueless have the mm-hmm. as we mentioned the shallowness but not malicious shallowness mm-hmm. you know came out in a lot of people and a lot of teenagers at the time and by the time we hit what mid the mid two thousands when all those folks were grown up it's no secret it's no coincidence that you had the Paris Hiltons the uh, Lindsay Lohan's even though she was part of you know she was an actress part of the scene and then going up to the Kardashians we you know. have we have diverted into a direction I did not expect whoa that's that's yeah okay we got yeah see when when, when you catch us on lack of sleep we, we can get philosophical yeah so basically Amy Hecklin yes thank you very much thank you <laughs> you bye uh, <laughs> yes thank you for the Kardashians hmm 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 Yes. So let's go back to uh, let's go back to Clueless, which is a movie in the nineties that we're reviewing. Yes. Uh, <laughs> with a pseudo philosophical. Um, so they also had the theme of you know just normal teenage problems. Yeah. Definitely. Now one of the um, one of the things, and again, we're going to get a little bit more philosophical, believe it or not. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a big sock fan. Mm-hmm. And you'll see a story that is put on Twitter by a newspaper or a blog or something like that. Right. And it's X player opens up with battle of depression. Right. And the first comment, or the first few comments will be, right? Okay. going to be depressed. He's making such and such a week. You're famous and everything like that without realizing yeah. that, you know, that mental illness takes... It, mental illness is... Doesn't is, care your bank account. Yeah. one thing how many followers you have. Exactly. Mental... It's very Ill- equal opportunity. Exactly. Exactly. So, even though... And I've also said this before, too. When I complain about my problems, right. I understand there are billions of people in the world who would love to have my life and my problems. Right. But it's just the environment that I'm in. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's affecting how I think and everything like that. Because at the end of the day, our brains are programmed to think and feel a certain way. And right. 
whatever. So even though that these have rich folk problems, mm-hmm. there's well, still problems to those people, you know? Yeah. I mean, you know, Shad not being able to drive, that's a big deal to her, you yeah. know? Um, you know, they don't have to go through the money th- stuff, but they go through the same problems that your average... Shay's character, you know, goes through the typical problems that a teenager goes through, mm-hmm. you know, and just because she has money doesn't mean she doesn't go through the same problems. Those are just amplified. Because right. money is a great amplifier. Oh, yeah, it's the it ultimate is. amplifier. You know, I mean, we love, we, you know, we love, you know, Mr. Miss, Mr. Dude who lives in, in the trailer home watching this on DVD laughing at the uh, teenage girl giving uh, homeless people skis. Right. But in her mind, she's helping because that's all she knows. Right. You know, and yeah, it's, 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 you know, it, it's what it is. Um, also, we look at like social status. You know, that is a big thing in, in any high school in the world, which is the dumbest thing that as an adult you look at. But yeah, but a, as a teenager, that is the be all. Oh, end yeah. all. It is absolutely the be all, mm-hmm. end all, you mm-hmm. know, and it's it's ironic that the um, that um, that you know, we just mentioned that the teenagers are all about their social circle and even mm-hmm. the older teenagers the nineteen twenty the nineteen year olds the twenty year olds you know the, the right. ones are like yeah it's a waste of time trust me right you don't really grow out of that until college no and when you realize that oh crap you know I've got to do my work and it's got to be serious mm-hmm. hint hint um, and I mean the characters are naive too as well. Uh, Cher gets robbed at gunpoint. Right. And it's so f- it's a funny but awkward but yet sad scene too at the same time. You know, she doesn't want to let... The guy's got a gun to her head and she's worried about her outfit. You know? Mm-hmm. And it kind of reminded me of that episode of The Fresh Prince where uh, Carlton was racially profiled and he didn't realize he was being racially profiled. Yeah. You know, and even though everybody around him was saying, dude, shut up. Right. You know, so... You know, it just, it's one of those things that is what it is. But we also talk in the movie, or they actually talk in the movie, about sexuality and sex. Shay's original love interest. Mm-hmm. The dude Christian. called Christian. Yes. He's only there for half the school year, because he yes. was with his mother for half the year and his father for half of the year. And she tries everything that she can to get in his pants. Lord, yes. But he's gay. Mm-hmm. And he's, he's openly gay, but he's not openly gay. He's not, you know... Mm-hmm. He's not, hello, I'm Christian, I'm gay. You know, that, that's not how he introduced himself. Right. So, you know, she doesn't know. And only when she's told by Murray, you know, that dude, dude's gay. You do know that, right? Mm-hmm. And, but the good thing is, great filmmaking. Great filmmaking, because they subtly point out his sexuality through the movie. Right. You know, um, for example, when he's on the, on the phone in the museum, he's mm-hmm. talking to Cher. Mm-hmm. The painting behind him is two guys embracing. Right. Um, he's watching movies, uh, some like It Heart and Spartacus, mm-hmm. that involve cross-dress and seduction, mm-hmm. and a master trying to seduce his male servant. Right. You know, it's it's the viewer knows with a wink and a nod, but the characters are, for lack of a better word, clueless. Correct. Um, <laughs> uh, Shay's virginity also becomes a millstone around her neck especially after Ty's insults and uh, Donnie and Murray finally getting it on after a car accident a uh, mm-hmm. car accident a uh, car miscue oh that poor freeway that freeway is is the catalyst for so much in this movie 
Yeah. That's kind of, you know, her reaction when she gets on the freeway and starts freaking out and mm-hmm. hollering. That's going to be what happens when I finally learn how to drive. Ah. <laughs> okay. You know, so... You know, and, and that, that freeway stuff, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's a major point in Cher's life, not just right. in Murray and Dee's, because once again, she's feeling left out of everything. All of her friends are have, uh, hooking up, having sex in relationships. Man, I want that. And I don't think she realizes why she wants it. I think it's more she wants it because, again, everybody else has it. Right. You know. Um, and obviously, we're going to look at the cluelessness of the situation. Mm-hmm. You know, um, God bless Cher. Mm-hmm. Hadians. 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 Yes. Yes. I mean, she's she's trying. She's trying to be noble, but Hadians. Mm-hmm. But uh, actually, I mean, that wasn't scripted. No, actually, that was Alicia Silverstone not being able to say Haitians. <laughs> um, and it kind of, you know, the, the, the Amy Hecker said, you know what? That's brilliant. Let's keep it in. Don't correct her. Mm-hmm. Let her say it wrong. Don't correct her. Don't right. even tell her that she's wrong. Because it kind of strengthened the character. Right. Even though it was unintentional, it strengthened the character. Because if she'd walked out saying Haitians, it wouldn't have, you know. But you know, God bless Cher, because there is not an RSVP on the Statue of Liberty. You're goddamn right. <laughs> um, speaking as an immigrant. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, I mean, she sees everything as being negotiable. Right. Because, well, I mean, her, her dad's father's a lawyer. lawyer. Right. You know, um, you do this, I'll give you this. So, like, when she gets a bad grade, she tries to negotiate it. When she fails a driving test, she tries to negotiate it. She just tries and tries and tries to get her own way by manipulating the situation without realizing that her age dictates that not many people yeah, are willing to listen. Yeah, there's not a lot of, right. You know, but she's trying, God bless her. And I at mean, least she's not demanding it. No, she's, she's not demanding. It's, it's very quid pro quo. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a real half-touching scene, I call it. Uh, her dad's got the grades mm-hmm. looking at it, and he calls her into his office, mm-hmm. and he's like, you went from a C to an A-, minus. what did you do? <laughs> and he's like half-accusatory, so he's like, did you do extra credit? No. Extra work? No. Are you mean, are you meaning to tell me that you talked your teachers and going from a C to an A-? minus? minus? Yeah. That's my girl, you know, <laughs> that kind of, you know, that kind of way of doing it. And the thing is about Dee, mm-hmm. she's a great character and she is actually, if they were to make Clueless now, Dee's character would be the main character and Shay would be the sidekick. Right. Because the sidekick now usually is the, the more... Again, hate to use the word or we use it, but the more clueless and the more naive of the two. Right. You know, but um, D is, is equal, smarter, mm-hmm. just as rich, more laid back. But she's got this blind spot of Shay's got this crazy idea. Christ, I'll go along with it, you know? Right. And but, you know, it's it's. I mean, not, nowadays it's the other way around. You know, the 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 lead, smart, confident one is is the one thrust at the front, and you know, the dumb one is put in the background as as comic relief. Right. And you know, but I mean, all all the characters are a little a little clueless when you think about it. Mm-hmm. With the exception, maybe of um, of Josh. Well, yeah, the, but that was the, the point. Out of, the, out of all the kids, you know. Right, but that was the point. I True. mean, he was supposed to be beyond that. He was the college kid. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's true. That's true. And he did... Str- and, uh, the early part of the movie, too, he's an annoying character. 
Mm. Because you, you don't like him because you want to side with the with with the main characters, you know? Yeah, but he is so over all the, the drama and the vapidness of everything because he is in college and he's he's he's, he's past that now. I mean he's in law school. Right. You know, I mean, you know, you don't get, you know, talking about oh shit you serve coke here at law school right you know for 50,000 a semester you better serve like you know right <laughs> Monet or something <laughs> like that you know so it's 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 La Croix yes I don't know what that is but it sounds expensive it's it sounds it's French. cardboard tasting water ah so Avion yes, yes. no not Avion um Perrier um anyway same thing <laughs> well, yeah La Croix yeah anyway so I mean that that's basically the themes of the movie. Do you have anything that you, that because I know you're more familiar with this movie than I am, and anything like outside of that that's worth you know? No, I mean you pretty much you pretty much nailed them on the head. Sweet. That's so right. I'm proud of that because you know we're gonna take a quick look behind the under the hood, behind the scenes, whatever mm-hmm. you want. We all we already mentioned that the Alicia Silverstone with the Haitians line. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel sorry for the production crew because they spent like a month. Hanging out at a Beverly Hills high school to get a feel for all the slang and the people and everything like that. Was it a Beverly Hills high school or is it the Beverly Hills high school? My notes say a Beverly Hills high school. If it was the, that means they were hanging around the same school that they were doing 90210 in. Oh. So. But yeah, all those guys were over 30 though. With the exception of maybe Tori Spelling. Yeah. You know, but she was only there because of daddy. But that's another story for another episode. Yeah, well, yeah. Mm -mm. But I mean, you know, imagine, right, going through film school, Mm -hmm. learning the ins and outs of making a movie, and then your assignment is to hang out with a bunch of teenagers for a couple of weeks. Yeah, it could be worse. It could be worse. It could be. But um, you've got here that, I did not know this, that Paul Rudd auditioned for four roles in this movie, including that of Murray. Yes. So what? I mean, he assumed that Murray was just a white kid trying to act like a black stereotype. Yeah, pretty much. He thought that um, he thought that he was a vanilla ice type character. <laughs> Where do your mother? Yeah, pretty much. You know, he's 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 like you know the 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 classic quote unquote you know air quotes I'm using mm-hmm. white boy trying to act black. Gotcha. You know? um, and it just yeah you know it. So in the end, you know, he was cast as Josh, but he went for basically every single major male teenage role he he, he went for, and he ended up with Josh. I, I guess they gave him the pity role, right? <laughs> because he's auditioned four times, just give him something, you know. Um, there was a book that was released uh, mm-hmm. around about the same time that that was called "How to Speak Cluelessly." Whatever, as if. Yeah, um, the way I picture it is you own all the Gilmore Girls DVDs. Ah, yes. It's like that little booklet in, in there, you know, that they yes. had to talk about pop culture references. Right. Um, now How I'm, to decode. Yes. yes it, it was definitely a decoder. Okay. When looking at, when looking at this up, I was shocked by this because, you know, the four roles was one thing, right? Mm-hmm. This movie could have had Reese Witherspoon, Zooey Deschanel, Carrie Russell, Carrie Russell, excuse me, and Alicia Witt as Cher. Mm-hmm. It could have had Terrence Howard or Chappelle as Murray. Mm-hmm. Jeremy Renner and Paul Rudd. Okay, as- stop. Stop, 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 stop. Stop, stop, stop. Okay. So you're telling me that we could have had Hawkeye and Ant-Man on screen 
years before we had an Avengers. Yeah, with Buffy. Ah, that's right. And Batman. Oh, yes, because Josh. Renner also auditioned for Josh along with Ben Affleck and Zach Braff. Which would have been... Um, hilarious for Scrubs, Scrubs fans. Yeah. Right. And so for Travis, you had Owen Wilson and Seth Green. Yep. If they would have made it a couple of years later, Owen Wilson would have got it. Ty... I could not see Le- Leah Remini as Ty. She she had the look of being just a little bit older at that time because the King of Queens wasn't that far on the corner. Right. And you can't go from playing a teenager to a, a 30-year-old mom in the space of three years, you know? All right. Well, then you've got uh, Lauren Hill auditioned for Dion, which I could actually I, yeah, see that. I could see that. Lauren Hill. That would have been good casting. I think she went and did uh, Sister Act 2, though. Right. At the time. And then Sarah Michelle Gellar auditioned for Amber. Now, this was back when she was on All My Children, wasn't it? Yeah. The, in fact, the okay. reason she was actually supposed to get the role as Amber, but mm-hmm. uh, All My Children wouldn't let her out. And in the end, she quit a couple of months later and went to do something called um, a small TV show called Buffy. Mm, yes. Yeah, I think it was good. Um, <laughs> you're looking at this list, right? The only people who are missing from the who's who of 90s teen comedies mm-hmm. is Ryan Felipe, mm-hmm. uh, Matt Damon, because mm-hmm. Affleck's in it, mm-hmm. Selma Blair, mm-hmm. and uh, Freddie Prince Jr., Mm, yeah, I can <laughs> they, see that. They, the only people who didn't have Parker Posey, yeah, yeah, they they didn't have any kind of you know anything to do with this movie, including audition time. <laughs> well, considering Owen Wilson's there, do you think that? Um, excuse me, do you think that um, Vince Vaughn is upset that he didn't at least audition for it? <laughs> <laughs> Possibly. I mean, okay. Even though this book is loosely book, even though this movie is loosely based on Emma, mm-hmm. it does hold the correct themes. Right. Maybe the plot is different, but all the characters are, f- are based off of a corresponding character in the book. Right. Like for example, Dion in the book is Emma's sister rather than the best friend. Right. And just goes through you know so on and so forth like that, which you know very very sneaky. I thought. Well, it's actually great writing. Yeah, no, yeah, that's what I mean. Very sneaky, sneaky, sneaky. Mm-hmm. You know, um, but the sneaky writing makes it, you know, makes it whatever. But um, even though it's based off of a book, right. it's not advertised as being based off of a book. It still keeps the book elements to it, you know? Well, yeah. So, you know. Um, interestingly enough, did you know that Cher lives with the Muffin Man? The Muffin Man? The Muffin Man. Really? Yes. She lives on Drury Lane. Uh-huh. At his address. Uh-huh. That was a very, very good in-joke. Plus, uh, a lot of jokes from the 1958 movie, Geely. Jiggly, whatever. Not the, not the, not the crappy one with Affleck and, and Jennifer okay, Lopez. Okay, so not Geely, but Gigi. Gigi, Gigi. Okay, yes, there's an L I can see in it. I don't wear my glasses. Ah. Um, you know, like, for example, the Calvin Klein dress where she comes on the stairs and Josh mm-hmm. is like... Oh, you know, that's that's right. awesome. And when that's when he figures out that he has feelings for Cher. Cher's walking past a fountain, and when she when it twigs to her that she has feelings for Josh, the fountain erupts. Oh. That was both from yeah. Gigi. You know, huh. very good homages. And the weirdest thing in this movie, right? You go through acting school, you go through all these auditions, your character is playing someone who literally means shit in Indian- Indonesian. Ah. Poor Ty. Ah. 
Oh, poor Brittany Murphy. Poor, poor Brittany Murphy. Yes. And we'll, get, and we'll get to that here in a few minutes. Um, this also, this movie, okay, we've, so we've looked at all the fun, all the facts. we got a couple more things to go through. Soundtrack. Mm-hmm. This was about the time where, you know, I think it started with Clerks, where you had a soundtrack that was more contemporary rather than just orchestral right. backing. And looking at some of this, some of these songs, this is a really, really good album. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The only thing missing from here is uh, No Doubt. Yeah. I mean, they did use About a Girl a couple of times. Now, the reason I used it in my little stinger at the beginning is because I was looking through trailers, and that was the main track that they used behind it. Mm-hmm. So that's why I use it. But I mean, you know, there's um, All the Young Dudes, Flick, Fake Plastic Trees, Kids in America, um, and of course, one of the most famous songs in the movie, mm-hmm. Rolling... With the Rolling homies. with the homies. That's right. How do you do it again? <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, uh, I think this movie's great. I really do. I think it is a definite, 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 solid eight to eight and a half out of ten movie. Definitely. I can see that. And you said yourself you give it a solid eight, right? Yes. So, yes, I do. Okay. Okay. So... What did this movie bring about into the world? Right. Well, for a start, Izzy is... First things first on the real list. Yes. Izzy Azalea. Yes. Yes. Iggy Azalea. Yeah, I don't think fancy. The video would not... The video helped push that song through. Yeah. And that would not have happened without the movie. No, because it's a complete, you know, homage, should we say. Um, Like we mentioned earlier, this was considered the first female teen movie in popular culture mm-hmm. you know in the same vein that like there was a lot of male movies out right. there and you had Cruel Intentions come out after that mm-hmm. Jawbreaker mm-hmm. Mean Girls mm-hmm. you know just just these these things that centered around the same kind of themes right. without it being a horror movie because I think you know a lot of these movies have the you know have the have the comedic elements in there but it's like Carrie you know right. you know, you're not seeing things from Carrie's point of view you're seeing things from a Tormentor's point of view. Not her crazy mama, though. Uh, <laughs> they use so much plaid in that movie that now all the the, out, the wardrobe is considered iconic. Well, again, like I said, that, that plaid right now is available at your local Target. Yeah, definitely. So? Um, the slang is now pop culture, pop culture. If, whatever. whatever. Yeah. So, you know, even to this day. I mean, mm-hmm. kids who never saw that movie are saying those things, you know. So it kind of it kind of made it into into oblivion. But unfortunately, there is a slight bit of tragedy with this movie. And um, Brittany Murphy, yes, who played Ty, yes, the ugly duckling turned into a beautiful swan, yes, tragically died in two thousand nine mm-hmm. due to complications of pneumonia at like thirty two or thirty three. Right. And, you know, in Hollywood, when somebody dies young, the first thing they jump on is... Drugs. Drugs or something like that. And everybody was was saying, yeah, pneumonia, wink, wink. What's pneumonia called for, you know? Right. And a lot of people, that theory kind of fell apart when a few months later, her husband died in the same house from the same circumstances. Mm -hmm. And... You know, it's it's an absolute tragedy, absolute tragedy, and the not the rumor, but the belief going around, especially from Brittany Murphy's family, is that the house had like a severe mold problem 
that they couldn't find out and it caused the symptoms that you know that's freaky yeah because i mean two people die in the same way in the same location there has to be a common cause you know and you know Brittany murphy was a great great underrated actress a total sweetheart too yep um but the death of Brittany murphy did lead to one of the funniest internet memes out there oh god and, and i remember this yeah it it was it was one of the first times where people like and, and all of the other ones since then are based off of this yeah and where, it was genuine with her but with everyone else it was parody it was yeah parody so scene. like when when somebody dies and you're not sure like so but John, take this. Okay, when she when she passed, people mm-hmm. we, people were throwing tributes on the Facebook and the Twitter and the Instagram, the MySpace, and MySpace, because MySpace was still there at the time, mm-hmm. you know, and whatever. And they were put in. Uh, they put a picture up with the words "Rest in Peace, Brittany Murphy." But they were putting pictures of Alicia Silverstone or Britney Spears mm-hmm. in her place, genuinely believing that that was Britney Murphy. Yeah, because they just did a quick Google search. They typed in Britney Murphy, clueless, and it was one of the other pictures came up right. and that's horrible you shouldn't laugh at that there's the morbid sense of humor in me coming out i guess but now ever since then you know uh somebody's died and they'll put someone else up you right know? you know so so it led to that it's unfortunate that her legacy is clueless and memeage i guess well yeah because i mean after that that was in 2009 and yeah. so everybody was putting up memes you know with Britney Spears's picture, you know, good, with rest, head shaving. rest well, Britney, and whatnot, but not putting Murphy at the end of it. No, it's just Britney. And so you had a lot of people going on Facebook going, oh my God, Britney Spears is dead because Britney Spears had just had that really hellacious. I mean, to this day, if I say that if Britney got through 2007, I can get through today. That's right. So, but yeah, it, it, it led to a lot of confusion and whatnot, but... Uh, it was the first instance of fake news. Yes. <laughs> there you go. But and I also had a lot of guys who started in superhero movies in this. You know, um, we looked at Paul Rudd. We mm-hmm. looked at Alicia Silverstone, who played Bat- Batgirl in one of the oh, worst movies yeah. of all time. Yeah. That absolutely ruined everybody's career who started mm-hmm. that. Maybe with the exception of Schwar- Schwarzenegger? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, and Uma. Uh, no, her, her, the only reason her career got back on track was because of Kill Bill. Mm. You know, and that's because she was close friends with Tarantino. Um, but the one that people don't look at is Wallace Shawn. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you a question. Even though it's not Marvel, even though it's not DC, would you consider The Incredibles as a superhero movie? Yeah. Okay, he's in The Incredibles. Uh, he gets thrown through a wall, though, so. Yeah. And, of course, as we all know, Wallace Shawn is Mr. Inconceivable. He keeps using that word. Yes. He's not sure what that word actually means. Yes, so, Princess Bride. Yes. So that is our very, very quick slapdash put together review of <laughs> Clueless. We'll probably do another one about Clueless in a couple of months, you know, just kind of fleshing it out a little bit where it's not eight o'clock in the morning and a very, very quick research, Tom. Uh, first things first, I'm the sleepiest. Yes. First things first, I'm the sleepiest. So, Sarah, we will be right back. We got a couple more things to talk about before we get on out of here, but. We'll be right back. Fabulous. Okay, guys, thank you for uh, for uh, listening to that. I know it was a little choppy. Um, but yeah, Clueless, great movie. If you haven't watched it, go watch it. Uh, guys, if you're on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, look at Because Maybe Pod. 
Because yeah, we actually have a social media question this week. Um, Ooh. Because we couldn't ask one about Clueless. We don't have one to, uh, to, to talk about. However, I'm going to ask you this. Next week, we're going to be looking at uh, Donkey Kong Country. Mm-hmm. So, the Donkey Kong series on the SNES, mm-hmm. was it better than the Mario series on the SNES? Ooh. Now, look, Mario is an iconic uh, video game series. We all know that. Right. But on the SNES, Mario produced some really, really good games. But would Donkey Kong's better? Hmm. That is a good question. That is a good question. What do you think? Because I'm not going to have you here next week. So what do, what do you think? Oh, um. I'm putting you on the spot here. You Mainly are. Be- That's good. Because, um, you know, little, 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 the counterpoint kid in there seems to always bring up Diddy's Conquest. As yes. like the best game of all time. Yes. And I can't stand it. But um, yeah. So well, the Mario series, was, was the Donkey Kong series better than the Mario series? I think. I don't know, man. I'm, I'm kind of leaning towards the counterpoint kid over there. Well, my, my humble opinion, for what it's worth, is. <laughs> You're not so humble opinion. My not so humble opinion is that the Mario series hit a level, right? That uh-huh. all their games hit. Uh-huh. The Donkey Kong series had one game that surpassed it and the other games underneath it. You are debating this entirely too much before you actually get into the show, dear. I know, I know. Me and Greg will take care of it next yes. week. Uh, you be- asked my opinion, I gave it. I know, I know, I know. I'm not trying to debate that <laughs> problem. <laughs> Look, it's still 8.30 in the morning. Coffee! You can have coffee. I need some tea, but we don't have any uh, non-frou-frou creamer. Yeah, well. Have you ever tried drinking, drinking PG tips with French creamer? Did you guys hear like how Irish he sounded just then? Well, I'm I'm descended. Just want drinking. Yeah, the the name Connolly is a very very Welsh name. You yeah, know, yeah, even yeah. though I'm well, even though I'm Welsh to the bone, it's like I'm still Connolly at some point. Mm. Uh, <laughs> but um, now, Sarah, it's been great to have you on. Well, thank you, thank you, thank you for waking up early this morning and dealing with me and not thank being irritated. Thank you for fixing my coffee. Oh, not a problem, not a problem at all. Now. I go off into the abyss to get this thing edited to make sure that it's out before 12. Guys, you have a wonderful, wonderful weekend. We will hopefully be back Saturday morning next week, Saturday afternoon next week. Again, you know, dodgy stomach and and bad, um, I don't know, I'm rambling, say 8 o'clock in the morning. Y'all have a good weekend. Toodles. Toodles, and we'll see you soon. Bye. Hey guys, thank you for taking the time to listen to this week's episode. Uh, Before you go, do not hit stop yet. We're not quite done. Uh, Normally I cut this kind of stuff out because, you know, it's it's whatever. But this is is how sleepy we were this morning putting this stuff together. Hope you guys enjoy it. We will see you next week. Have a good time. You know, uh, we've said before and... Stop! I don't know. You said cello prior... Oh, shit, I did. <laughs> I'm leaving this in. We're going to leave this in. Oh, my God. Um, oh, my God. Yes, so we, we're going to look at the themes of the movie. And, uh, Sarah, uh, we're going to start. One of the themes is supposed to be shares. One of the themes is supposed to be shares shallow priorities. But it comes out as shallow priorities. Um, <laughs> damn you, Microsoft would. Microsoft, are you going to have to bleep that? Huh? Are you going to have to bleep that? No. Are you going to have to put a soft bleep on? No. Well, you're going to have to then. No, yeah, but say, you know. <laughs>
sorry. <laughs> Y'all. It is too early for uh, this mess. All right. We're going to pretend that we cut all that stuff out. Wait. Uh-huh. Um, so let's talk about the themes of the movie. Uh, we got shy- shallow priorities. <laughs> uh, it's like that episode of Bottom I watched last week where the set broke down and they saw the bit that they weren't supposed to see yet. All right. Okay. 